welcome to Marathon Swim Stories, where we interview marathon swimmers from all walks of life to get perspective on how to endure, adapt, and overcome the challenges we face swimming and in life. I'm Shannon Keegan, marathon swimmer, wife, mom, and swim efficiency coach at Intrepid Water, where we seek to empower individuals to become comfortable and confident in the water so that they can start swimming places. Are you ready to swim smarter? Check out my self-paced, efficient swimming basics program at intrepidwater.com. In this episode of Marathon Swim Stories, we were inspired by an adventure-addicted cyclist and Ironman triathlete who taught herself how to swim. Kristen Valentine completed her first marathon swim event in 2019 when she swam nine miles across Lake Masawibi as part of the Northeast Kingdom Swim Week in far northern Vermont. We laugh about not being attached to the outcome, resetting expectations, enjoying the adventure, the community, and so much more. I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, Kristen, what's your story? That's what might have been changing from what we said before. Was it like, tell me about yourself now. It's what's your story? Because it's Marathon Swim Stories, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, let's see my swim story. Well, I did not grow up swimming. I, uh, well, I sort of did. I grew up in Spokane, Washington and swam in like Coeur d'Alene Lake and the Snake River. So very, very cold water is what I'm used to, but I didn't know how to actually like swim strokes at all. Um, our high school didn't really have a pool or anything like that. So I just didn't ever consider it. Um, it wasn't until, I'd been, I did my first like marathon run. I trained for it um, my senior year of college in 2004 and five. And so I was doing some running. I was cycling to work, um, cycling to school. And I was like, you know, I should probably do a triathlon, right? I'm doing two of the three, might as well. Um, But I had no idea how to swim. So I, uh, I don't even know if YouTube, I think had just started or something. So I like watched some YouTube videos. I got a book from the library, read it and went to, there's like a 24 hour fitness downtown Portland with a two lane pool in the basement. It was like a bunker with no windows. (laughs) Um, So I taught myself how to swim. Um, Yeah, that was a, that was rough. The first triathlon I did actually was in a pool swim. So that was fine. But after we the first like open water one, I totally had the panic attack thing that a lot of people feel had to let everyone go and then start swimming. Um, and then I didn't swim again until 2017. Um, I pretty much was focused on cycling. So I did a lot of road racing and then I transitioned into mountain bike racing and did, um, a lot of like very long marathon mountain bike races. Um, So I'm very used to doing, you know, 12 plus hour events. That's kind of my thing. Um, And then in 2017, I kind of got talked into starting to do Ironman races. So, I mean, I always liked swimming. It just never really was like my focus. And then, and through that, I started, like I did the open water swim series here at Hag Lake, met a bunch of swimmers. Um, and that's how I met Cindy um, Warehane. And she pretty much talked me into doing everything or like <laughs> I saw her doing things. And my attitude with this stuff tends to be like, oh, another person does that. Might as well try. <laughs> um, and peer pressure, 
I'm peer very pressure. easy. Yeah. It's a common <laughs> like, theme in marathon swimming. Peer pressure gets people yeah. into it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so you know, that year was, was all Ironman stuff, but then the next year it was really like, really started doing a lot more swimming. Um, I've had some knee injuries on and off, so it was like nice to take a break and I was really burned out from, um, cycling. So I was like, okay, let's just do something totally different. Um, and it was just really fun to explore, um, water. I just had, there were all these places, like you kind of see them from afar, but to actually like be in them and like swim through downtown Portland, like it was just such a cool and different experience. You know, traffic had been getting really bad. It was like, oh, I don't have to like cycle through traffic. I can like be in the water and be away from everybody. It was just like a nice different way to see the world. And, um, and of course, like right when I start swimming again, I was like, I should definitely do a marathon swim because that's you how like I like long things. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I operate. <laughs> of course, of course I'm going to do that. Um, so yeah, I signed up for the Vermont Swim Week. Um, and, and trained for that all year, um, um, last year. So I did that last summer. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't do all of the days I had signed up for four and I did ended up doing three of the days I signed up for. Um, and then that, I guess, sort of backing up the winter before that I got into cold water swimming and swam with the Yetis all winter. So might as well pile that on the top of it too. <laughs> so that was very much peer pressure. <laughs> it wasn't even really much of a pressure. I just saw some people doing it with weird hats and I was like, yeah, I need to do whatever they're doing. <laughs> All right. All right. So we know how to talk you into things. It just... <laughs> it doesn't take much. Right. Um, so tell us about that first um, marathon swim. So yeah, so you did three of the four days. So just in case people haven't aren't familiar with the event, maybe you could tell us a little bit about the Vermont Swim Week. Yeah, um, I think, uh, well, I did a few long, I guess, technically marathon swims before that, um, just to prepare for it because Massawippi was my long swim and that's a nine mile swim across Lake Massawippi. So I did a couple of six mile swims and prep for that. Um, here locally. Um, but so the swim week is what really appealed to me was that it's like a swim in a different lake every single day. Um, you know, and I heard that it was just like a small group of people, um, very much, you know, like sounded more like an adventure to me. Um, and also just being casual. I'm not fast. So just like a casual, fun, explore different places swim sounded so perfect. And honestly, I'm a West Coast person. So like, I'd never even been to New England before. <laughs> so like, yeah, let's get in a car. Let's fly to Boston, drive to Vermont, like see everything. It just sounded fun. Um, so it's a lot of like, um, yeah, so Massawippi was nine. So that was a longer one. Um, I'm blanking on all the names of all the lakes, but which ones um, are the ones you did? I am not going to remember the name. I remember. So if you did Masa Whippy and I remember seeing you at Echo. What yeah, was the other I did one? Echo. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was, I just remember I did like the second, third, and then I, I was signed up for um, Memphis Magog, but um, I kind of gave myself like an injury during <laughs> Masa Whippy, no big surprise there. Yeah. So I did not swim that. My, my kayak support person, we just switched and I did support and he swam that one, which was six miles. Mm -hmm. And then I did do the next day, but it was a shorter one and I 
kind of regretted it slightly because mm. like yeah my arm ended up hurting quite a bit but oh. um on my days off, I still went and went to the other lakes. I was like, I could swim for 10 minutes. I just have to swim in this lake. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to be there. And yeah. It was just so beautiful. Um, I do have a tendency to like look around a lot while I'm swimming. So like I'll be in a, in a race and I'll be like, did you guys see that rainbow and that <laughs> bird and the water was really pretty on the water? And everyone's like, no, I didn't. We were racing. Why did you? <laughs> So, yeah, that's that's how I swim. <laughs> that's good. You're appreciating it. I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, how do you describe the feeling? So you've done some six-mile swims leading up to nine. How did it feel? Okay, there was an injury, but how did it feel to finish that nine-mile swim? Um, I guess, so this is going to sound really weird, but to me, like, events that are, it took me five and a half hours, and like that's not a super long event for me but um I felt like I was pretty well prepared so um I always think of these events it's almost like you're writing your own story like you've done all this work and then the swim is like the sort of cherry on the top where you you're already prepared like you've done all the things and like you just get to like celebrate all the work that you've done um so, I mean, there were hard parts. It wasn't like all easy or anything, but like that end, God, you just keep thinking, is that the end? No. Is that the end? No. <laughs> I was warned of this and yet still. <laughs> yeah. um, so it was like, it felt really good. Like, okay, this chapter is like closed, you know, like, and now what's next? You know, like you have that, it's still like, you're still thinking about it. Like when you end, like you finish a book like it's still in your head, but you're also wondering what, what the next yeah. thing is. So that's, that's how that felt to me. I like that description. Um, you mentioned there were some hard parts. How do you deal with those hard situations? Um, a little bit of whining, a little bit of crying. <laughs> no. um, I've experienced a lot of really sort of hard races. Um, mostly I think about mountain biking, like you have to concentrate for many, many hours because if you start daydreaming, you will crash and hurt yourself. So you have to like really focus. Um, and I've had lots of crashes, flat tires. I've hit my face on rocks, like all the things. It's all happened. So I'm used to like, okay, this has happened. What's the next step? Like how, what's the next thing I need to do to keep moving forward? Um, I can think of Ironmans where I've almost dropped out. I did drop out of one mountain bike race because, like, I hit my face and, like, wouldn't stop bleeding. Like, <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. I'm so used to dealing with stuff during yeah. events that it, like, not that it's easy, but it's just, like, I don't, I'm not attached to the result. I'm not attached to having the perfect race. Mm -hmm. Um... So I think when you're not attached to that, it's just easier to deal with because you kind of expect it at that point. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I know yeah. some people kind of freak out when things don't go perfectly as planned, but yeah. you know, it's what they say, like strong opinions loosely held. That's kind of how I think of it. Like you have a plan, but who knows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so you've mentioned that at the end, it's like, um, like closing the book and you know, what's next. So do you have ideas about what, what's next? 
Oh man. I don't know. I like this year I was going to kind of go back to mountain biking a bit and just swim for fun, like do adventure swims, which obviously this year is, I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> no one does. Um, I don't, I don't know. Um, I think again, I'd probably focus on like, where do I want to go? What do I want to see? Um, I think a big part of swimming to me is about community. I've noticed because I haven't hardly swam at all. Like I could go swim in the Columbia River by myself, but I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's a beach that would be like pretty easy and I have done it, but I don't know. I just like, it's all about the community to me. So yeah, I can play on a big solo swim, but I guess I'm not as interested in that. Like, I'd rather go do some something with friends. So I'd probably try to coordinate some swim somewhere. Um, like, like it appeals to me to go swim at Waldo Lake, like places in the wilderness. Like, mm-hmm. that sounds pretty fun to me. So I guess more of, more of the adventure aspects, I think, appeal to me. Mm-hmm. How's the um how's the pandemic hit you? How's it how are you dealing with that? Uh <laughs> not well. Um I actually was already a remote worker, so being at home all the time, I'm pretty used to that. But the thing that has saved my mental health is cycling, honestly, because I can just leave straight from my house. I'm on the edge of town, so I can get into the forest and the farmland like pretty quickly. So I've been doing a lot of very long rides on the weekends and that has been like my saving grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does that, um, so kind of like mentally, like you've been, t- you've talked about, you know, you have this kind of propensity to like long things and enduring and rock hit a fit, you know, your face on a rock, and <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> you know, like how do you kind of describe that like adaptability or like, how do you, yeah. How do you kind of describe that? Yeah. I, I guess I think of a lot of it as like being able to sort of focus on one thing at a time and try to just keep driving forward. So with all of this, I just keep thinking like, just focus on tomorrow, today. Like don't think too much about four months from now because like who knows what's going to happen. So yeah, I I never really thought of it like a really long event, but it kind of is one because I mean, I'm glad that my my whole plan for this year was going to be like keep it local, like do local races. So this kind of worked out, <laughs> although, <laughs> although the local races are canceled. But um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's kind of nice to take a break from planning big things and just like do smaller things. So I'm trying to like, what kind of local adventures can I have? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just keep thinking like, just take it one day at a time. Um, although I, there's, that's kind of a double-edged sword cause it's just easy to do what's easy. And then you keep doing the same thing over and over again and it gets really boring. So I do have to like do a little bit of planning. <laughs> yeah. I can empathize with that for sure. Um, is there a favorite place that you have that you like to swim? Um, I don't know that I have a favorite place locally. I would say like my fault, fo- some of my fondest memories are last spring swimming at Hag Lake and like we would go out there early on like a drizzly day and there's like mist coming off the water and there isn't really anyone there because it's kind of cold and the water's still in the 50s 
um, it can feel really magical out there. Um, especially like there's some little coves you can swim into where you're kind of like swimming under trees and stuff. Like it's pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. Is there any um, particular maybe participant in that you really enjoyed? Any what? So a particular swimming event that you've participated in that you really enjoyed? I mean, I haven't really done very many. Um, mm. It was actually really interesting for me to see. I helped Cindy do her Savi Island swim. So I was a kayak support and on the, on the uh, sailboat. Um, it was pretty cool to be part of that. Cause I mean, it wasn't like an organized event, I guess, but um, it was, it was interesting to, to just to like be, you know, it's like a solo event, but it isn't, you know, there's yeah. so like, we're all out there together doing this thing together. And it, and it was pretty cool to see that. Like I had n never been part of anything like that before. And I was like, I, me and DJ kind of switched off. Like he had been helping during the day and I came on like right as night was falling. So I jumped right into the kayak at night. I couldn't see anything. <laughs> Probably should have worn my glasses. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a really fun adventure. And it was just really cool to be a part of like someone's big, like big event, big thing that they'd been thinking about and planning for, for so long. Um, yeah, that was like, that was fun. Yeah, can you describe what that role was like in work in supporting somebody? Yeah, um, I was a little like unsure because I hadn't supported someone on such a long event before. But you kind of realize like how important your role is. You know, it's it's as a as the person like doing the thing, like doing the swim. You know, like I think you know, like all the focus is on you and like what you're doing. But I realize like what I realized doing that was like, well, actually like the kayaker makes a lot of decisions for the swimmer and is just as important, especially like, you know, when she was starting to like thinking about pulling out and trying to like motivate her to keep going and like, like choosing what feeds and when and all this other stuff. Like I was like, wow, I didn't realize like how important that role is. Um, especially at night because like they can't see anything you can't see anything so you're like really like because there are a bunch of pylons and stuff in the water so making sure we were safe and and it was just really cool to see um, we went by all these houseboats and there are all these people that came out and were ringing bells and yelling for her it was just like a really fun thing to be a part of yeah, it sounds like it. I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about, so you kind of talked a little bit about um, things maybe you hadn't finished, like in Ironman World or mountain bikes or whatever that you've had to pull out of things. But um, any, so anything, it doesn't have to be swimming specifically, but can you tell us some of the learnings you've had from things that you've had to pull out of other yeah. than when your face was bleeding? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I've pulled out a lot of things. Uh, it seems like more recently, I think, because now I'm a little smarter and I don't <laughs> stick with things when I really shouldn't. Um, yeah, well, I can talk about a couple things. One was actually, I didn't pull out of it, although I did stop for 45 minutes. Um, yeah, I did. It was my first marathon mountain bike event. Um, I was just like not super prepared for that. 
I didn't have a watch or any kind of, I was like, I'm going to be anti-technology and like not keep track of where I am in this race. Uh, <laughs> so like I mistimed nutrition and sort of ran out of water, like sort of. <laughs> a couple hours before a, a, like a stop. So I ended up having to fill my bottle with like creek water and was like trying not to drink it. Cause I was like, I hope I don't die if I drink that. It was like fresh melt. So I was like, it's probably okay. Um, so then I didn't eat cause I wasn't drinking. You know, I just, I got crazy <laughs> cause I was so like no sugar in the system whatsoever. So then I finally stopped at the aid station was like, I think I have to be done with this. Like I'm, I thought I was almost done and it turned out I still had like 40 more miles to ride and I sat there for like 45 minutes and then finally I was like you know I think it'd be faster to ride back than to wait for someone to come pick me up <laughs> so I just rode back like I finished it and I was like you know I I'm a lot stronger than I thought I was like sure I had to stop for a while but because I had been so sort of aggro about racing for so many years that I was like you know it's fine to just stop just take a rest. Like if you have to do that, that's fine. You can keep going after that. Um, I think that was a huge, it was like an ego blow more than anything, having to stop and then realize like, that's fine. Yeah. Like no one cares. Like, and even like, I think I took a picture and posted on Instagram while I was at the rest stop, which was weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> not sure what that was about. Um, but yeah, I think it was a huge lesson. Like, it was a ego blow and that's really mostly what it was. Once I had enough food and, and water in my system, I was fine to keep riding. Um, and I think like further down the line when I was swimming, actually like I, the first, I was gonna swim around, around um, Ross Island, which would have been my like six mile swim. So the first attempt, we started wading in and the water was much colder than we thought it was gonna be. It was like 53 or 54 and it was, gonna be a good three or four hour swim and the sit like it was me and and Cindy and Sandy and DJ and we were dragging an extra paddleboard just in case <laughs> um and by we I mean Cindy was dragging it because I'm way slower than her um it's still she's still faster uh but we got in and we looked at each other like this is gold <laughs> and um about an hour and a half in, like I, the water kept getting cold and warm and cold and warm and like, it was just like, it, you could never just sink into the cold, you know, you're just constantly like being shot with ice water. Interesting. And if it had just been cold, I could, would have been fine with it, but I like, I couldn't deal with it. I couldn't mentally deal with that. And so finally I was like, I can't, I got to get out. I'm too cold. I have to get out. So I got on the paddleboard. I didn't even shiver. Like I was warm instantly. <laughs> so I think I, I learned like that it was mental. It, I wasn't really that cold. If I had just stuck with it, I think I could have like kept going. Maybe not finished it, but at least like put in another hour. Um, yeah, there's lots of lessons around cold water for me. <laughs> that is for sure. <laughs> Tell us about one of them. <laughs> well, I mean, I think similarly, like I did a Hag Lake swim when it was like 52 or something. And I was with two very experienced cold water swimmers. So like on the way out, it's like, I got this, I'm, I'm good. You know, like 
Like, I think Rigel picked up a bag, found like a bag with like a sandwich in it floating in the water. You know, like we were just doing weird stuff in the water. We didn't have any support, so no like warm feeds or anything, which was in hindsight a mistake. So we get out like an hour and all of a sudden I'm like shaking in the water. I was like, I was, and it just triggered like complete panic. And I was like, we're out an hour. There's no out. Like you have to swim back. There's nothing you can do about this. And I just completely freaked out. And I was like, I got to go back. And just started like <laughs> sprinting back and swam as hard as I could for like an hour. Um, and they're like, are you okay? You know, like what's going on here? You know, because they're not cold at all. And about, I don't know, 100 yards from shore, I kind of stop. And Margo comes up behind me and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, oh, well, I've been like swimming as hard as I can for the last 45 minutes or so, and I'm not cold anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, cold water definitely induces panic. And it's like, to me, that is like the hardest challenge is to sort of talk yourself out of it. You're fine, mm -hmm. it's okay. Like just, I don't know, do some sprints, you'll be fine. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I got out of it and I, I don't know, shivered for like a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, you know, the panic, it, I mean, I can imagine unsupported. Like, yeah, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell us uh, some advice for an aspiring marathon swimmer. Um, this is advice also for myself. Do your PT. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, Sue, I'm still doing those exercises you said I should do in Vermont week. <laughs> well, sometimes. <laughs> Not as often as I should be. Yeah, uh, prehab, it's an important thing. Um, let's see, other advice. Um, prepare for everything and anything and um, it, long events, especially when they're outside, like you just can't control in anything, you know, like once you're out there, it, what happens happens. So you just have to let go. I mean, weather happens, you know, like, I don't know, boats go by and then cause waves and rain and wind. I mean, it's interesting in Ironman, people really like to want races that, that have perfect weather and they're flat and like it's like they go swim in a pool you know like yeah, yeah. that's or like go ride your bike on a trainer you know like if you're outside it's just going to be outside of your control the longer the event is the more outside of your control it is so i think you have to like prepare for everything as much as you can and I, that really helps um like prepare for things going wrong but then once you're out there just have to be ready for it and, and be okay with it. Yeah. I thought you had good advice too to stop and look around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at the rainbows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, whose marathon swim story do you want to hear? Um, you know, I did have someone in mind, but we were talking about the um, inclusivity. Um, one thing I noticed with small communities or with like, actually even hiring is like you always recommend people you know and that can cause like you keep 
kind of being in the same community because it's all people you know. So I like maybe reaching out to people totally outside of the community that of people um, could be like a good option to bring in different faces. Mm-hmm. So I don't have anyone in particular. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 one person I think is really interesting to talk to is Jessica Kiris. Um, she's got lots of fun stories. Um, she does, I mean, she does events, but she does lots of fun adventures on her own too, which I think we went and swam in a caldera last summer, um, yes. which was really, really fun. I was like, what does that smell? It's like, oh yeah, I'm in like a swimming in a volcano. <laughs> wow. yeah. Sounds awesome. Cool. Thank you for your time today, Kristen. It was really awesome to hear from you. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you'd like to be a guest on Marathon Swim Stories, just email me, shannon at intrepidwater.com. Please stay in touch by joining our email list at intrepidwater.com. Thanks for listening.